Hello and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand. Today we are talking about the Move to Millions event. Oh my God. Oh my God. What an amazing time I had and I have been thinking about all the takeaways and I'm like, you know what? (laughs) This is a podcast episode, baby. So here we are. If you, first of all, if you attended the event and we haven't connected yet, like online, hit me up, DM me. I love to stay connected to all the fabulous. I try to do as good of a job as possible, exchanging information. So if we didn't get to do that and you saw me, hit me up. But for those of you that weren't there, first of all, I need to see you there next year. Second of all, I just wanted to share some things that um, I took away from the event. And I'm gonna preface it by saying, when you're in a room like this, when you're hearing so much information, a lot of it is things that you have heard before. But sometimes you need to be in a position to receive the information to really start to put yourself into that state of deep knowing. And I feel like that's what happened to me this week. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Hello and welcome to Activate Your Massive Brand with Tanya Rivera Falcone. This podcast was created for impact-driven and legacy-minded women of influence who are looking to grow and even scale their coaching businesses with five-figure transformational coaching packages. Tanya, the founder of Massive Brand Consulting, specializes in high-ticket sales, offer creation and curriculum design, and high-performance team building, and believes that with the right offer, the right marketing plan, and the right team, you truly can create your business and life by design. Yeah, so this was the first event that I have gone to since COVID. I try to do a good job of going to at least one to two events, like outside my area a year. And obviously at least one to two to three, four networking events locally. Listen, if you hear a baby in the background, just know that's Abiella. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to try to fake the funk. She's having a good time today. You hear me? So she's in the background. Yeah. And so I already knew because I hadn't gone to an event in a while, I was like, okay, so many things came up for me because one, I'm not necessarily, I hate using the word introverted because people see me, they're like, you're not an introvert, <laughs> girl, bye. And I, so I can't, I don't know, but I knew that I was going to be like pushed out of my comfort zone because I have been so used to just doing my own thing in my own little corner here of the world <laughs> and really just now starting to even go to local events. And one of my good friends is the director of the Chamber of Commerce. So you already know he got me on the main line calling me like, yo, I'm back at it. I'm back out. And so with that, I want to say, first off, anyone who hosts live events, let's go ahead and give them their flowers right now, right here. Because that event, I already know, like, it was just so... Awesome. One to see her team pull such a beautiful event together. It was just such a it was such a God thing. Like you could tell, you could feel his presence in the room. And so first, Dr. Danielle, like she killed it. Like she killed it. What an amazing event. Just from the execution standpoint, the messaging, the the speakers, such a curated experience. And so I say that to say if you one, I probably need to start hosting events too. Like I felt that in my spirit. Like I was like, girl. It's a beautiful event and you can have some, you know what I'm saying? You can do this too. This is not <laughs> far out of your reach. And so I can, I got that little nudge. I will say that, but I just want to say, I think it's a beautiful thing to hold space for that many people all at once and to make sure that everyone is getting out of it what they need. What a beautiful thing to do. So kudos to all of you who host events. Again, 
double kudos to Dr. Danielle for such an amazing experience. And yeah, like that was just seeing everyone in motion and all of her team members in unison, really mission driven towards allowing us to have such a sacred space to get in position to move to millions. So that was just awesome. So that was my first takeaway. And then also personal connections are so like when you're in the room with someone and I don't mean just like at the event, just in, in the room, but I mean, talking to people in person, face to face and getting to know someone's heart like that. Oh, so I'm like, okay, yeah, got to get back out in person. And I remember when I started Massive Brand, gosh, at this point, seven, eight years ago, when we it was officially Massive Brand, when we I did my little rebrand, I had always said, I knew that in-person stuff, whether it was me attending other events or facilitating things, was going to be a huge part of how we built the business. And I have to say, I definitely have gone away from that that initial like i do want in person you know whether it's just in general collaboration relationship building all the things and it was a gentle reminder like girl you need to get out the house (laughs) and so i will say that to you like if you are someone who really has gotten used to being in your office or in your co-working space I will challenge you and say powerful connections are waiting for you in a room with other people. So go take a look at the calendar over the next couple of weeks. I challenge you to, if there's an event like something like Dr. Danielle's that is happening within the next couple of months, plan to be there. Obviously, if it's in alignment to what you're looking to learn and all of that, but just simple things down the block from your house. Like, I'm sure everyone has access to, within a 30-mile radius, networking events that are happening weekly. Even if you attend one or two a month, like, that's where I'm at. Like, I I really, my friend will be so proud of me because he's like, you need to go to these events more often. Yeah, like, powerful connections are waiting for you in the room. Okay, so that's the second takeaway. One of the things that I love that Dr. Danielle talked about were casual covenants. And I was like, oh, that's good. So these are basically, she calls them statements that we make casually that tells the universe to bring us more of that, right? So I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm dumb. And I have to say, I'm pretty good at watching my language and watching my tongue, but I feel like I was like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to step it up a little bit. While I don't say things like I'm ugly or I can't do this or life is hard or that thing is expensive, like I don't talk like that naturally, but I was like, what if, because that's also an opportunity, right? When you see, when you hear something and you're like, oh, that ain't me. Oh, that's not me. Right. I'm like, oh, this is an opportunity for me to pause. So what if even though my language is heightened compared to these examples, what if I could step it up a notch? What if I could start to really understand like it, like the power in knowing that this will be a multi-million dollar business? So I'll tell you a little quick story. When I started to formulate what this was going to be, my company, 
I, the number of 50 million came to me, like $50 million business. And obviously through coaching and collaborate, all the things, all different types of ways to drive revenue into the company. And I, I really hadn't thought I did have <laughs> business plans and revenue plans and all that. But then as time went on, and this is, okay, I'm going to say this, and I don't mean to be shady at all. So I'm saying this in the best way possible. M- many people around me in my, in the online community that I've built for myself or spaces that I've been in over the past seven years, I've, I don't hear people, or I, I do, but I don't hear that many people talk about a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, $100 million coaching company, business, whatever. And so for a while, I started to think, am I greedy? What does it mean? Why would it be beneficial to the people I serve, to my community, to grow in such a way? And so then as my business grew, it didn't grow as quickly as I thought it would. So then I was like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. What if I could just have a $5 million business? Would I be happy with that? And then I'm like, yeah, because obviously it would serve me and my family way better than having a job. A $5 million business still means an amazing amount of impact, which is one of the, one of our core values, massive impact. So then I was like, okay, what if we just did, what if we work towards getting to 2.2 and then we take a look and see how we can reassess and put ourselves in position to scale to five. And being at the event, I was like, girl, like, what? Like, first of all, put yourself in rooms that stretch you beyond, far beyond where you are. And so I started to like that, the Tanya from before who was like, yes, 50 million baseline, (laughs) baseline. Cause this guy, like, I'm not going to put a cap on a Jesus thing. This is God's thing. So I'm not putting a cap on it, but it just really showed me that I was or have been playing small. And I don't even really like that term, like I'm playing small because I feel like just being in business and showing up for yourself every day is not playing small. But I feel like putting a cap on what this could be, it was very limiting. It felt very limiting. So I say this to say, because you know, I always want to turn it back around to you. What is that? And you don't have to start like recrafting your business plan to reflect this number. But is there a number for you that you talked about? Oh, I want my business to hit X amount of millions, billions or whatever. And then things happen. Life happened. Your circle happened. Your community happened. People in your ear or seeing other people in their goals. That was another thing too. Like I would see, I would hear other people talk about their goals and they'd be like, yeah, if I could just hit half a million a year, if I could just hit one. and, And I was like, Oh, like that's beautiful. Every goal is beautiful, but I'm like, if everyone around me and not everyone, but if I'm seeing and not just like my friends, but like people online that I follow, like I'd go on Instagram or I'd go on Facebook. And these are the numbers that I'm seeing people talk about. So then I was just like, who am I then to want to grow something so big and so vast? And so I say that to you, like, what have you been, and maybe it's not a revenue number. Maybe it's just how you show up in general, right? What is the thing that you know that you've been just like content with knowing that the real you, the inner you, the girl who's just like, girl, (laughs) that ain't enough. (laughs) Is it your revenue goal? 
is it your team? I think the other thing was team. When I saw Dr. Danielle and how she her team moved for her and how they were aligned to the vision, it also reminded me too, and I'm a team operations expert. Like I've been facilitating and managing people since 18 years old, right? So I'm not new to that. But even in this space that we've, this bubble that we're in with business coaches, consultants, and service providers, many of us desire a tiny team and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with it, but that's never been my goal. It's never been my goal to have a tiny team. In fact, anyone who knows me knows that it's massive brand consulting for a reason and not Tanya Rivera Falcone consulting, because we are growing to make sure that we are giving voices to other experts that can help our clients. Yes, I have the vision. Yes, I have the framework, but I know that the impact that we're going to, again, let's go back to $50 million, right? (laughs) It can't all be me. So I said that to say, what are some of the things that you feel like you really haven't been owning, whether it's revenue, your team size, how much you show up, your personality, right? Like realize that there's like people like, how do I say this? you really get to be who you are owning a company such as ours, right? If you are the face of your brand and you're not showing us who you really are, you're doing us a disservice. Because that was some of the conversations we talked about when, in, when I was in community at the event. We get to do this, right? So what are you putting, what are you putting a cap on? Is it showing up boldly confident as who you are? Is it really owning your true revenue goal and setting a plan that it's going to get you there? Maybe not now, but maybe 10 years from now, right? I'm probably not going to hit $50 million next year, (laughs) but now I'm never going to let that number go because it's, it was implanted in me for a reason. So what is it about how you've been operating your business where you feel like, you know what? Gloves are off. (laughs) Gloves are off. (laughs) All right, let's move on to my next takeaway. Forgiveness is a key. Forgiveness is a key and it unlocks your next level. I, we did a quick activity and we talked about some of the things that are going to get you to your next level and forgiveness was one of them. And I've never really thought about forgiveness in this way because I don't, put much emphasis on the past, I guess maybe subconsciously I do. But so she talks about the million dollar winning formula and it was a mixture of forgiveness, vision, surrender, alignment, and obedience. And I'm going to say it again so you can get this forgiveness, vision, surrender, alignment, and obedience. And for the first time, I really sat with the idea of forgiveness because I feel like when I think about who I am as a person, I don't necessarily hold grudges, but I also can think about things that have happened in my life to me and by me, right? Let's not get it twisted. We have to forgive ourselves sometimes too. But I'm like, am I truly healed? And so I think one of the things that came up for me with in relation to forgiveness is the idea that I should have been a multi-millionaire by now. I literally thought my business would be clocking 10 million a year by now. And although we have a beautiful business, we have amazing clients and life is great. I've been an entrepreneur and also self-employed 
pay my, on like literally on payroll <laughs> for a, a long time. So life ain't bad, <laughs> but I'm like, wow, I've never really sat with the idea that I could be internally resenting myself, right? For not being further along. So what does forgiveness look like to you? Are there moments in your life or business even with your parents, like that can, I'm like, oh wow, there might be some things I'm like, I need to work on, right? Like vision, I always feel like that comes to me so naturally because I am a natural visionary. I have a futuristic brain. So I'm always thinking about five years from now, 10 years from now. And then surrender. That was another word that was like, ooh, how are you with surrender? Because <laughs> I'm like, ooh, I definitely, when I'm really in my in my moment, when I'm really like intentional about how I want to do life, I am pausing to really discern the voice of God and to be in collaboration and deep relationship with him daily. When I think about the word surrender as a whole and who I am as a person, I'm like, ooh, ooh. Because there's a lot of times where just because I I don't blame it on me being a Virgo. I really love the idea of being in control. And I think I have to relook at what control should look like as a businesswoman, as a woman of God, as a woman of faith. Control, I think we the word is weighed is weighted very heavily, especially for me, I'll say. Maybe not you. Alignment felt good to me. I, nothing came up for me, but maybe for you. So think about that. Like the word alignment. Like how often are you feeling in alignment with God's will for your life and what you should be doing in business as it relates to how you serve and your purpose here on earth. And by and large, I feel good with that word, but then obedience came (laughs) and I had to sit with that too. So what are your thoughts on obedience as it relates to how you operate your business? For me, I, obedience is one thing, right? But then what about delayed obedience? That always hits me. I did. I don't remember what devotional I was reading, but she was just like, delayed obedience is still disobedience. And someone actually said that at the event and I was like, my God. <laughs> so I say all that to say, forgiveness, vision, surrender, alignment, obedience. Take those five words and sit with them. And what do they mean to you in life and in business? You know what? One of the things that, okay, so this is just, I kind of already mentioned this, but I want you to think about something that you've been wanting to do, whether it's a year from now, six months from now, two months from now, that you've been holding off on doing because you've felt like you needed to get to a certain point first. And then once you get there, then you'll be able to do the thing. For many people, I know that is writing the book, starting their podcast, launching the high ticket program. I hear that a lot. Once I start making money in this program, then I'm going to, you know, launch my high ticket program. I hear that. And I also hear speaking because that's, I was going to tell you right now, that's me. I love speaking and I always have. And I always felt like our brand message would translate well facilitating live events. And so this was one of the, and actually one of my colleagues pulled me aside and was like, you need to do a live event. <laughs> and so I'm not saying that I'm doing one next year, but it's definitely, we are probably going to put one on the books. So I say that to say, 
And I'm going to ask you again, what is the thing that you've been thinking about doing that like, it's never going to go away. That feeling that you should do it is never going to go away. What is that thing? And I'm going to tell you to go ahead and start believing that it's possible and slowly putting forth the plan of action to get yourself in position to do the thing. Okay. My next price takeaway is pricing. Now I never feel like I've never been one of the, I've never been one to like severely undercharge. And if you've been a client of mine, you know that to be true, but it was interesting to talk to other women. Cause my pr- program right now, or the one that we just put sunset in is discontinued was 36,000. And we did have a $60,000 option for that program. And the one that we're about to launch is going to be somewhere around $40,000. And so you might hear those prices and be like, oh my God, you're probably someone else who's going to hear that and be like, okay. And so the reason why I share this is because I literally was in the room with people who are charging multiple six figures for their offers. And of course it's about positioning, right? Like they're not putting themselves in front of people who can't afford that, right? Obviously they have a solution that is directly tied to what their ideal client needs and it's fitting for what they desire on the back end of that product solution program, the promise, right? Like it makes sense for the return that they're going to receive. And that's with any price point, right? And so I say that to say, I just really was like, I... Whenever you feel like you're doing the most, you're probably not. (laughs) So that's my takeaway for you. Whenever you feel like you're doing the most, you're probably not. (laughs) And so when you're looking at your pricing, packaging, and positioning, do you feel like you're talking to the right person? Do you feel like there's an opportunity for growth there? Do you feel like you're pricing? Because that was a recurring theme. Not necessarily, I didn't necessarily feel that way. I do have a six-figure offer as well that is for invite only, but there's opportunity even to raise the prices across the board. But I did hear that from a lot of the people that I was sitting around Literally everyone, the people in front of me, the people beside me, the people behind me, everyone. I'm raising my prices. The the whole room raised their prices. So I say that to say, is there an opportunity for you to take a look at who you're serving currently? And do you feel like you're serving, as Dr. Danielle would say, your pinnacle client? And at Massive Brand, we talk about the golden girl. So when you look at your ideal client as a continuum, We teach our clients to serve at the highest point. So for example, we use the online or business owner in general as an example. So at the start of the continuum, she's probably a side hustler, right? Someone who has a job, but is starting to run their business. They're trying to figure out their messaging. They're working nights and weekends. They got a client or two, right? And then we think about on the opposite end of the spectrum, that client or that business owner who has a team, they're already earning millions of dollars, maybe half a million, whatever is the, whatever makes sense for your ideal client, right? That kind of would still need your support, but in a a different way, in a different capacity. So when I think about that ideal client continuum, I make sure that my clients and I, that we're speaking to the person on the higher end of the spectrum, because that doesn't mean that we can help the side hustler. But if I'm only talking to the side hustler, 
then the person who needs my help with team operations, organizational efficiency, right? Her, who's I'm operating a company and I need high level support and I need to up level my executive leadership. If I'm not talking to her, she'll never know. But if I am talking to her, the side hustler knows I can support her too. And she may decide, I want your support now. Or she may decide, I'm going to wait until I'm ready, ready. Whatever that means for her. And so my takeaway with this and just seeing everyone wanting to raise their prices and feeling like, what are we doing here? Was an opportunity to pause and say, who are we really speaking to? What really is a program promise for what we're selling? And is there an opportunity for us to up-level that? And so I said that to you as one of my takeaways from this event, who are you currently selling to? Are you speaking to the golden girl, which is the segment of your segment, right? If you, are you speaking to her and do your, does your pricing packaging positioning reflect that? And I will say, you know, prior to this event, I knew that was an opportunity for me, which is why we let go of the high ticket offer elixir. I no longer am just teaching high ticket offers. Like my ideal client understands that, but she's at the point of scale where she desires to, again, be the leader of her team, to step into a role where she is helping organize her company where she understands that she can't be the jack of all trades anymore. And she understands that systems and automation are going to help her with the skill that she desires, right? So she's very different than the person who's, I got to figure out my offer. What's my high ticket offer? And again, wherever you are is where you are. But I had to realize this is not, I'm not serving at my highest level if all we're talking about is how to create your high ticket offer. Does that make sense? So I'm using me as an example, but for you, what does that look like in your business? And you may say, girl, I'm good. I already know who I'm speaking to. Everything's great. But I wanted to give you this moment of reflection because I think that a lot of women in that room had that moment themselves. Like, wait a minute, (laughs) we got to change some things. (laughs) And then I would just say, the, another, and then I'm going to end with this, wealth consciousness. That was also a recurring theme of the event. And I feel like a lot of us, for one reason or another, upbringing, feelings of guilt, feelings of doubt, feeling of inadequacy. We, for whatever reason, put a cap on, and not just business, but like what we deserve and what God called us to. And it was funny because I had been asked a question about what was, it was one of the things that we were, we had a breakout session and we ended up talking about what would we be, what was our plan of action for this particular thing that we were working on? I can't recall exactly the question, but my answer was one of the things that I had been working towards is starting to spend more time in my investment portfolio. And I was saying that, I've had visions of myself since I was a little girl, since I was a kid, since I was in elementary school, retiring at the age of 47. And I don't know why. I was saying that I would love to to make that little girl proud. And whether I retire at 47 or not, I want to be able to do it and that be my choice. And I know that the person over the past few years, like she wasn't thinking about the 47 year old that's about to retire. She's been thinking about why am I not further along? (laughs) And it's like, I had this realization that I feel like many of us 
have for one reason or another disconnected to who God called us to be. And so I say all this to say, whatever it is you desire is for you simply because you desire it. I firmly, and I've been saying this for so long that I believe that the desires of our heart, that's a God thing. That is literally like marching orders for us. If I feel something, it's almost like we talk about that word obedience again. When you're getting these desires, what does it look like? How are we praying for provision, right? What are we, what happens next? And I think it's easy to say, I can't, or that's too much, or I don't deserve that, or they'll judge me, or it'll make life harder. Sometimes the idea of success feels more difficult and harder to navigate than the reality of mediocrity, right? So I'm saying this to say, what is it for you next? What's the next thing? How can you in this moment reset your brain back to that moment when you knew that everything you desired was absolutely imminent, that everything that you desired is already playing out, right? That it is already unfolding and that there's nothing that's going to stop you, perhaps but you. What if we could all go back to that moment where we knew that everything was lining up for our greater good? What if we never put a cap on life, financially, spiritually, all the things, right? Physically, every in every way that we just knew that the best was yet to come. What if we knew that? And I don't mean know it. Oh, I know that. Obviously, know it with your bones. Know it with your heart and your soul. So that's my challenge to you. How do we go back to the moment where we knew like we knew? that we were destined for it all. All right, that is my recap, my live event takeaway. So I, again, if you were in the building, hit me up. If you were not in the building, definitely plan on being there for next year. Dr. Danielle already has the page ready, set to go. (laughs) So go on and hop over to, I think it's movetomillionsliveevent.com or you just Google it and you'll see it. And also, as I've mentioned, that we are brewing our new program. So I will be sending out, if you're on my email list, you'll be hearing about it over the next couple of days. So if you're not on the email list, go ahead and tap that link in the show notes so that you can subscribe. And I will talk to you on the next episode.
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Activate Your Massive Brand podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if so, I encourage you to subscribe so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you have any major takeaways, I would love for you to leave a review. Reviews ensure that our content stays relevant, so they're super helpful. To stay connected, follow me on all the socials at Tanya Rivera Falcone and go to monetize.massivebrandconsulting.com forward slash start dash here to learn more about booking a complimentary offer audit, a map to millions consultation, or enrolling into our legacy program, the high ticket offer elixir. Until next time.